give somebody a high five, a hug, a hello as you sit down. Hey, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you, something like that. Oh, it's a good morning to be at church, amen? It's a good morning to be at church, amen? I thought more of you were having a good time than that. Well, like you know, if you've been with us the last few weeks, uh, these four weeks we've taken, I have not been preaching. We've been hearing from amazing people from our family. Uh, we heard from Mark Frazee week one talking about finding our identity and who God is. That was awesome. And then uh, my dad, Steve, shared with us of his lessons along the way that he's learned through about 30 years of walking with Jesus. And uh, I'll take that any day I can get it, right? A 30-year head start, anybody. Come on. That was encouraging. Last year, or last week, we heard from Lexia, brought the fire last week. So encouraging. Talking about the goodness of God no matter your circumstances. Somebody say amen to that. Boy, that's a good word right there. This morning, I'm excited. My favorite preacher on the planet is here with us this morning. So I need you to stand and welcome with a round of applause my wife, Heather Leanne Zanako. <laughs> this is my gorgeous wife. Ooh, she brought the big Bible this morning. Watch out. She's going to be preaching for us this morning, and uh, she has a great word to share with us. Um, is this your second time preaching? Yeah. I remember her first time preaching was last time. And within the, first, like, within the first like three minutes, I was sitting on the front row and she started going and I just was like, what? where did that come from? She's all calm and confident and just like bringing a great word. And I was like, my wife can preach. So encouraging. She's beautiful. She's the best mom on the planet. She is the most gorgeous, phenomenal wife ever. What else is so great about you, babe? I love her so much. And uh, I hope we're ready to receive this morning from her. Amen. She's the first lady of the house here. So that's what I call her, first lady Heather. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna pray for her and uh, we're gonna hear from God. Jesus, we love you and I thank you so much for my wife. Thank you for the gift that she is to me and this gift that she is to this church. Thank you for how she carries me and carries this church in so many more ways than anybody knows. I thank you God for the opportunity to hear from her this morning and uh, just hear something that's so significant from her life and. God, I thank you that this morning isn't just a message or something like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's the word of a life lived. And I thank you so much, Lord, for, for the truth that's about to come, uh, not just from her mouth, but from her life. And so would you fill her with the Holy Spirit? Lord, would you fill us with the Holy Spirit as we listen this morning? And I pray that you'd stir a hunger and a fire in us. Um, maybe, maybe just give us more than we're even looking for this morning. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. So cute. Oh, I just want to kiss you on the face, okay. but I won't. Wow, that is quite the intro. <laughs> I knew it was going to be ridiculous because it's Andrew, but no, never fails. I am really loving this graphic, Hannah. I didn't see it. Thanks. Okay, um, so Chad, Cupa, pick. I'm a fam. Okay, so this, the obviously you know Andrew, but this, this is our family. These are our adults. Adorable children, Rose Jubilee and Smith Moses, and I know. I mean, this picture is pretty heart heart stopping. You look at it and you're like, I want to eat you. I want to munch on you. That's how I think about my kids all the time. <laughs> I just want to munch on them. I'm obsessed with them, and they are just a huge part of who I am. And so I wanted to show you the guys, my family, this morning. So that's that's them. 
slash me. I'm a mom. Um, another thing that I wanted to share with you guys about me is that I am a very high feeler. So this is important for you to know. It's important for you. Is, is anybody else a feeler out there so I can just feel like, wow, there are a lot less of you than I thought. So, okay. So we are going to feel like the strange ones in this bunch. But, okay, I'm a major feeler. I think I actually love being a feeler. I think emotions are awesome. Some people have this thing against emotions, but God made them. So they're a blessing and they're beautiful. They can be, okay. So I like to feel things. I like to cry because it makes me feel like a human um, and not a robot. And I pretty much cry anything. I might cry this morning. I probably will. I cried even thinking about it. So, um, but, so that's about me. I'm a high feeler. And Rose, my sweet little, she's two and a half, almost three, she gets very confused about my tears. And so the other day, we were just hanging out. She said something so sweet that I just couldn't handle it, so I started crying. And um, I don't even know what she said. She probably just said, Mommy, I love you. And so my inner heart was bursting, and I'm like, I love you too. And so I just crying, you know, and she obviously thinks something is wrong, because when you cry, that means something's wrong, and so I assure her, no, baby, these are happy tears, and she's just looking at me so confused, which is what all of you non-feelers do to all of us feelers. You look at us so confused, because we're crying when we're mad, we're crying when we're sad, we're crying when we're happy, we're crying all the time. And even if you are a feeler but you're not crying all the time, I can guarantee you that you're feeling some sort of emotion because that is the life of a feeler. And all of you, much more of you non-feelers out there who totally don't relate and are judging me right now for all my emotions, you do the same thing. It just looks different. It's in your inside, mine's on my outside. Okay? So even if you are emotional or not, you would consider yourself a feeler or not, I think that we can all say, that life in general is pretty up and down and a lot's going on, you know? So we can all relate to that. We can all respond maybe differently to the ups and downs of life, but we all know that life is always moving. Life is always kind of coming at us and there are currents and storms and situations that we can't control that are just happening around us and we can easily get kind of all cut up caught up in it and what's happening and our emotions and our thoughts on what's happening are also all over the place and so we just find ourselves in this whirlwind of up and down one minute I'm super happy, I'm on top of the world, I wake up and I'm like, I'm gonna go run a 5K, which this is not me, this could be you though. Um, you wake up and you're like, I can, life, I got this. And the next morning you wake up and it's little motivation for living. And you know, there's good news, there's bad news, we read the news, we listen to the news, you get a good text, there's a discouraging conversation that you just have. There's home life is pretty great, but work is really rough right now. Or my marriage is not doing so great, but my kids are awesome in school. There's this constant up and down going on in our world. And in this life, when our emotions are shaky, our circumstances are shaky, life in general is shaky, we need something to anger us to. We need something in our life that is unchanging and stable. And anybody else with me? Okay, awesome. So in Matthew chapter 7, 
gonna be on the screen. There's also Bibles on, on some of your seats if you wanna look. But Matthew chapter seven, verse 24 through 27 is, is where we're gonna be this morning. And Jesus speaks directly to what we're talking about. He was talking to a group of people just like us, meeting, sitting together, and wanting to hear from him. And so this is what he says about the unpredictability and unstable nature of the life that we're in. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The question isn't if the rains or the storms or the winds are going to come and beat on our house, because they're coming. The question is, when those things come, is the foundation of your life going to be able to sustain you? And I love that Jesus is so practical here. He knows us. He knows what's going on in people's lives. He knows the ups and downs, and he knows that we need a rock to stand on. And Jesus knows, knows that about us. And so he gives us that rock. He says it's his word. So this morning, I want to talk to you about standing on the rock, which is the word of God. Because our emotions are real. They are real. But we can't build our life on them. And our situations are real but they're pretty inconsistent. And our opinions are great and we can have them, but they're probably gonna change at some point. <laughs> and there are just things that at the, at the end of the day, we just don't understand because we don't have a bigger picture like he does. He has the whole picture and our life is just a tiny snippet of what's really going on. And that's why I'm so thankful for the word of God because he is unchanging when our world is changing. And so we can hear from him and he offers us that foundation to stand on. And hearing and obeying his words in our life is what's gonna keep us grounded and that we won't have to worry about falling. Verse 27 says, great was the fall of the foolish man's house who didn't build it on the rock. No, thank you. No, thank you. Great was the fall of it. I don't really want that, do you? Okay, so like Andrew said, we've been doing this four-week series of, of hearing from people um, in our church and in our family, and I feel so honored to get to have heard from different people because I love the way that God has made each person unique, and it was so evident in the way that they shared, what they shared, that God was doing something different in each of us as the body of believers. And so as I was thinking about what is my one thing that I would want to share with y'all, what is is the one thing um, in my walk with God and my journey with him that sustained me and transformed me. And that one thing would be standing on the word of God. It's been my sustenance and I have grown to really love his word and love hearing from my father. And when we love something, it's not a chore. 
it's a joy and it's a delight to get to hear from him. But that, that just took time. And so it's going to take time to get to where we are standing this ongoing on the rock. And so that is my prayer for us as a church, for myself and for my family and for generations to come, that we would have a real love for the word of God, that there would be this absolute craving in our inner being to have something to stand on, to seek truth and to commit our life to following his words. And above everything else, because it's not just, like I said, it's not just a should to me. It's not just this historical document. Because John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word was God. The Word of God is his gift to us. It's him. It's him telling us about him, how to know him, how to understand him, how to, how to learn to hear his voice and learn to live this life full of the spirit of God. Like Andrew talked about this morning, on this earth, heaven coming down. How do we do that? How do we do that? And his word is going to be that place for us. And I just want a spark maybe this morning to be planted in your heart for the first time. Or maybe you've been reading the word of God for years. But you just need those fresh eyes this morning to see it and to find a new love for it in your life. Because he longs to speak to us. And I know, now I know that we're, we're talking about the word of God. Um, and that might bring up for some of you the thought that it's pretty boring. Or I've been there, I've tried that, I don't really understand a lot of what's happening in the Bible, or it's a little overwhelming and huge, and I don't, I don't know where to start. And, and I've been there, I've been at that place of, wow, the Bible, what do I do with this? Um, and, and you know, I think that the most helpful thing for me and the most helpful thing for us is to just have a new lens for it. Because if we see it as a book on a shelf, as merely historical or academic, then we're not gonna engage it as a relational, as a relational entity in our life. We're not gonna see it like God's speaking to us. We're just gonna see it and then nitpick everything we don't understand, or we're gonna give up and be discouraged. But if we see it as God speaking to us through it, then we can, we can do that. And he can tell us where to start. He can tell us what book to read. He can tell us how it applies to our life because it's him speaking to us. And that's what I want us to hear this morning. And I won't pretend like I understand everything that the Bible says because I don't. Um, but the beauty in that is that I have my whole entire life to learn. I have my whole life to learn, and there's always more to know. There's always more to discover out of his word. So some of you might be thinking, oh, wow, the Bible, huge. Others of you might be thinking that I know I should do this, but not a lot happening for me in the Bible. Um, it doesn't really feel like it applies to my real life. And standing on the rock just sounds like an ambiguous Christian term to me um, that you want to tell me about. Because I've heard that before. I've, I've heard that message before. Um, and that's really what I want to think about this, this morning and talk to you about this morning is the practicals of what it looks like to stand on the rock. 
Because I believe that in this day we're living at, in, maybe more so than in any other time, we are getting an overload of information. An overload of information that is telling us what to believe, that is telling us what to do, that's telling us how to think, that's telling us what to submit to and what we need in our life to make us happy. And there's a lot of voices that are trying to take authority in our life. And so we need an anchor that we can stand on that is stable and true. And that's his word. We need to be familiar with that and know how he's speaking to us so we can stand on it. And his word is freedom from all those other voices because it's a place for us to land. And that is safe and that is full of peace. And who doesn't want that? Okay, awesome. So this reality is pretty evident of all the different voices that we have. And I feel like I have this internal dilemma most of the time. Most of my life has is, is been this constant place of where do, who am I going to listen to? And what voice is going to be the loudest in my life? And I think that there was a time I remember as a young teenager... I was about in seventh grade, so that would make me mm, 13. Um, and at that awkward age, junior high, I think we all remember those junior high awkward days, um, that the approval of my peers and just the pressures of fitting in and what that looked like felt like they were right in my face. And my parents would tell you that this was a pretty dark time in my life. I am just... Naturally, I feel like I'm a pretty laid-back, easygoing person, um, like joyful person. Um, but at this time, um, I'm also pretty independent, and so I like haven't, didn't really care what other people thought. I was like, oh, Miss Independent. And so at this point in my life, though, something really shifted in me that um, just in this transition, that awkward transition, and something. Something always happens in transition. I just want to say that. I think we should note that in our life, that something is going to come at you in transition. Um, but I just had to choose whether I was going to succumb to the pressures around me of how to look or how to act, which made me feel really depressed and closed off from people in my life that loved me, or I could run to the Word of God as my assurance and as my identity, and let it define for me the path that I was going to walk in. And so I just, I did, Andrew told you about my big Bible. This is called a wide margin Bible. There's um, notes that you can write in, um, and I got this whenever I was at that age. I thought it was really awesome. I still do, but it's a little impractical to carry this around. Um, so I've downsized. But at this point in my life, um, this was, this was my Bible, and so I wanted to go to the Bible that I had at this point in my life. And um, there was a verse at this point. Okay, I have it. Here we go. Okay, so I brought this because I wanted to just show you guys that this is um, something God highlighted to me. And I'm probably going to cry again um, because um, I can remember the goodness of God to meet me and my 13-year-old insecure self. And this is what he said to me in his word. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Now, I'm not going to unpack this verse to you, but when I read that as a 13-year-old girl, something in my heart connected to it. Something in my heart connected to it, and I said, this is mine. This is mine because God is speaking to exactly what's going on in my world right now. And now I know how I can respond It put courage in me to live a different way than my peers. And I didn't have to give in to wearing revealing clothing or starving myself to look a certain way because my body was a holy and pleasing sacrifice to God. And I didn't have to listen to the music and know all the words to the songs that everyone else was that oppressed women and said that they were objects of lust and sex because I was renewing my mind and I didn't have to conform to the pattern of this world. And it was a simple moment for me, but, but what it did was it showed me how to grab hold of the word of God. And, and I let it shape me, and I let it shape my decisions. And that's what God wants his word to be for us. I had experienced the word. I had experienced the word. And I wanted to commit my life to growing in that. Because if that's what the word offered me, I wanted more of that in my life. And, and it's so good because the power, the power of it is in the application of it. It's not just in the hearing of it. It's in the application of it in our life. And if we want the power, it can't just be on our, on our shelf. Or it can't just be by our bedside, which is great. But we have to hear it and do it. In Matthew, it says that everyone who hears my words and does them is the one who builds his house on the rock. That's going to stand. And so I had to take what he was saying to me. First, I had to hear it. I had to know what the Bible says about it. And then I had to apply it to my life. And that's when it became powerful for me. So this morning, I wanted to just share with you two rhythms that I have in my own life that I found helpful to stand on the rock. So this is for all of the type A practical people who want to know how to do this, who want to take notes. Um, The first rhythm that we have of standing on the rock is spending time with God daily, being consistent, having consistent time in his word. And I want to highlight this word time because that's what it's going to take. It's just going to take time. Um, Like anything that is valuable or important to us, we have to give it time. And, And that's not like our typical go-to. We don't like things that take a lot of time. But instead of fighting against that, we just need to embrace it and say, this is the life longevity that I want to have, is a life with God. And so when Jesus tells us about building our house on the rock or on the sand, he's talking about building a house. 
And that's a pretty big endeavor. I don't know if any of you have built a house or seen a house that was built, but you have to lay the foundation, and that takes time. You have to build the structure, and that takes time. You have to put up the drywall. You put the roof on top. You, you know, pick a door. You, you know, all these things you do to build a house to live in, and that takes time, brick by brick. It takes time, and it isn't instant. Thanks, babe. It isn't instant, which, which is what we want. We want right now easy peasy mac and cheese. That is what we want in our life. Um, but that's not, not going to sustain us for the long haul. And that's what I want. I want to make it till I'm 95 with God. And that's what I want for us. And, and one of the biggest hangups in my life and in people's lives that I've been walking with um, is honestly just a lack of discipline and consistency. And we don't really like the word discipline. And in our instant world, we don't want to have to put in the time and effort that it's going to take. But that's that's what it's going to be like if we want to really learn and grow in hearing God's voice and know how to stand on the rock. So when something comes, you aren't going to be shaken. We just got to give the time. It doesn't have to be this discouraging downer kind of a thing. It can be really exciting that we get to have that time. It can be an exciting knowing that that his word's going to bring stability to our lives. Good news. I need that. Hallelujah. This is for me. And, you know, we don't, we don't learn an instrument in a day. We don't learn an instrument in a month. It takes hours of practice, even when we don't want to or we don't feel like it, to, to play well and to play beautifully. And so the outcome of it is being able to do worship or play a song, which is fun and blesses everyone, then we, we put in the time for that. And so if we just keep going, it is gonna do something in us. It is going to. So we just have to have a plan for how we're going to stay consistent for that. And in this season of my life with a tiny baby, it, it looks very different than it has looked in past seasons. And that's okay. It doesn't look like I wake up early and spend an hour with God uninterrupted with my candle and coffee. Like, that was great, but that's not practical, and that's not going to happen right now. And so I have to figure out what is this going to look like for me. And, and you guys in your lives, you just have to figure out what's it going to look like for you to get consistency with it. We just have to make it happen. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it looks. It's just implementing that regular rhythm into our life of ingesting his word and hearing from him that's going to change us and transform us. And there are lots of reading plans online. Look them up. They're great. Choose a book. You know, just work like chunk by chunk. Ask a friend. Phone a friend. Like, we, we're in this together. But, but whatever it is, the, the point is that we're trying to connect with God. We're trying to connect with him in it because it's him speaking to us. And I think that we're going to be amazed at what that consistency really is doing for us because you might not remember what you read last week, and that's okay. I don't think that anyone remembered what they ate for lunch last Tuesday. 
but it still nourished your body, right? And so the same is true for the word of God. If we're consistent, it's doing something in us. It's doing something in us. And this is just consistency and discipline. This is just like those tools that are going to help us be sustainable, to have a lifestyle of standing on the rock and of saying, this is just who I am. This is what I do. I go to his word to direct me. I go to his word to have authority in my life. And it's not me. It's him. And I think what also is just important for us to remember is that our lens shapes everything we do. And so our perspective of his word is going to shape how we see his word. It's going to shape how we engage with his word. That's, that's huge. What we believe about the Bible is important. And most of the time, we don't really expect anything out of it, if we're honest. We might even just have a check off of, oh, read the Bible. That one time, it was okay. But if we just see it as another book where it's on a page, this religious activity that some lady told me I should do one Sunday, then it really, it's going to be empty for us. But if we assume and if we think with the perspective that this Bible is the word of God speaking to me, I'm going to relate to it a little differently, right? I think so. So, and, and the crazy thing about all that stuff that we believe about the Bible, how irrelevant it is or how there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stories for people long time ago, is that none of that is really in the Bible about itself. And so our God, he's alive and he's ready to speak to you. And he says in Hebrews 4.12, which is one of my favorite verses, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That is epic. We can expect that God is going to speak to us. He's going to sharpen us. He's going to pierce us. He's going to help us and teach us and guide us and edify us and refine our lives and our hearts and our souls and our thoughts. They're going to be renewed. And Psalm 119.11 says, Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. As you put the word of God in you, that's what's going to come out of you. That's the fruit of your life is you're going to find yourself acting more like Jesus did. And you're going to find yourself responding to situations and circumstances with a heavenly mindset. And that's what we're going for. We want the word to shape us and shape our lives. And like I said, the, the Romans 12, 1 and 2 passage, that our mind is going to be renewed as we put this in us. And, and that is good news for us. John 10, 4 says that we are his sheep and we follow him and we hear his voice. We're going to start hearing God more in our everyday life as we have more of this filling us. Whatever is filling you, you're going to hear the most. And so if this is filling you, then you're going to hear more and more of him. And so I think that if we, if we want to stand on his word, then we just have to be disciplined and consistent. And we have to have the perspective that he wants to speak to us 
through his word. He wants that. So let's be that people. Let's be those people who say that I'm gonna stand on the word of God my whole life, and I am gonna let it impact me because he's good, his word is good, and it gives us life. It gives us hope, it gives us courage, it gives us power, it gives us miracles. It, it allows us to be free and to experience healing and wisdom and yes, boundaries, which are good. And it gives us practical relational help on how to relate to other humans. That is all good news and it is all in here and we will seek it and seek it out. So that's exciting everyone. That's exciting. Okay, and then the second rhythm that we have to help us stand on the rock is situationally. So I just want to unpack this, that not only does God want to speak to us in our everyday life and just consistently, but he wants to speak to you throughout your day. It's not a one and done kind of thing. God wants to speak to us. And this is just amazing. He's not boxed in to our churchy discipline of just read my Bible, go along with my day. But he wants to be in relationship with us. And so in your daily time with him, you're going to be more and more familiar with his voice. And then that's going to lend itself and pave its way that when a situation comes up or you need something, you need a go-to, you're going to be hearing him instead of everything else. So Psalm 119, 103 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God wants to light our path. He wants you to be firmly planted and not overcome by the storms that are coming in our life. He loves the details of our life. He wants to speak to us about the decision that we need to make, about the bill that we need to pay, about the conflict that we have with our roommate or our spouse. He wants to tell you what major to have in school. He wants to tell you um, where you should live or what, um, what school would be best for your kid or how to parent them. We aren't in this life alone. He's equipped us, and he wants to speak to us in such a way that every step you take, your path is lit, and you're not walking in darkness or confusion. So I know that I've thrown a lot of verses at you this morning, but I hope that as you hear them, you would realize, wow, God has a lot to say. He has a lot to say to me and my life, and it matters it matters for me what he says, and I want more of that. So as we're, as we're going along in our life, he wants to give us those practical, situational words to stand on. So example of this, I was just in this place recently where I was needing some major parenting encouragement. So my, my little girl Rose, if any of you know her, know that she is a joy and she is also a passionate child. She is a spirited individual and is very independent. And so sometimes it is hard parenting her. And when she is losing it, I am like, Jesus, help me. Um, and so I, I know that I was facing some discouragement and I needed something to go to. I needed something to pray into, to stand on in this motherhood season that I'm in with her. And I also was just sensing that Andrew was needing some encouragement too in his own life. And so 
asking God, God, you wanna speak to me, what do you wanna say? This adult life is hard, I think we can all agree, and so what do you wanna say? And he reminded me it wasn't anything big or you know, a light from heaven didn't come down, but he just reminded me of Joshua 1.9. And that's a verse that um, he did a series on early, a couple months earlier, super powerful. Um, but he just reminded me, Joshua 1.9, says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And for me, this verse was really timely in my life. I just, I needed this. So how did I take this and stand on it? You might ask. But well, so first I was simply just encouraged. Like just encouraged. Needed to hear it. That's good. You're with me. Okay, great. And then second, naturally, Rose and I made up chant to learn this with motions. And we did this around our house. And if I didn't have this mic, I would do them for you because it's just fun. It's a lot more adorable though when she does it. So you should ask her, Joshua 1-9, and she will tell you it's adorable. Um, but we would just say this over and over at our house. Whenever we were, I was feeling dismayed, let's just say Joshua 1-9. Let's speak the truth in this situation. And I would pray this over Andrew in the morning. God, would he be a man that is strong and courageous, that he would know that you are with him wherever his footsteps, that he would not give in to dismay or discouragement about the situations that he can or cannot see, but he would know your presence. And just begin to say that over him. It's, it's not like a big thing. It's not rocket science, but it was those little choices that set me up to stand against my changing emotion of my day, of my week, of my month. And, you know, we, we had a word of where we were going to move in the city, Isaiah 54.2. God spoke that to us. It's a part of our Antioch movement verse. Um, it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your cords, strengthen your pegs, lengthen something, and um, you'll spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess nations. And so I just had that verse in my head, and God was like, you're going to spread abroad. Got a picture of a ripple. It was going out. This is not like super spiritual. It's just what God was speaking to us. So a ripple goes out. It spreads abroad. There's this place in Indianapolis called Broad Ripple. Let's live there. And that's how we decided. And I know that might seem silly maybe, but that it was God speaking to us and saying it. And it has been, it has been true that that was, that was where he told us to live. And he made a way for that to happen. We don't always have to hear these things in hard circumstances. We can hear it for anything, like where to live or how to have a job or where to, how to, where to apply or the decision to start a family. He wants to say something to us. And then the last thing I'm going to say about this situationally is just finding, finding verses and words um, for someone in our friends and family. Because a lot of times our emotions will shape how we see someone or how we relate to someone. And if we don't have a verse, we're just gonna see them sometimes how they're acting. So we need, we need these verses to stand on in our lives. We need God's word to shape our understanding of who someone is. And so I have verses that I pray over Andrew and Rose that they're theirs. And so God wants you to find things in his word that are yours. And so I could, I could give you a lot of examples, but just one is when Andrew and I are in conflict, which sometimes is often, um, we're very different, um, if, is out of Philippians 2. 
And this verse is the verse that I stand on. It says that we would have the same love and the same mind and that we would have no rivalry or vain conceit, but we would consider each other more important than ourselves and we would humble ourselves. So I'm like, okay, God, humble me, humble me, because most of the time, that's what I need. I just need to be humble. And, you know, whenever I'm doubting if God is with me or if he cares about my life, there's Psalm 139.7, and it says, For where shall I go from your presence? Or where shall I flee from your spirit? If I go to the heights, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. And, and I tell my emotions, I tell my soul, I tell my thoughts, I tell my situation the truth of his word. And that's, and that's how we stand on his rock. And, and God wants to be with you in this world. He wants to be with you in this life and speak to you. And, and that's my dream for us as a church, that we would be those simple people who take his word and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live it. And I'm going to let it define me. I'm going to stand on the rock. And I'm going to experience power and freedom when I do that. And, and there's just no limit to the possibilities of what could happen in our families, in our workplaces. If we stand on his word and we let that shape us, there's so much that could happen in our lives. And his, his word doesn't nullify our feelings or our thoughts or our situations. They actually find a refuge in them. When, when he is central, they find their right place. And we can find comfort in the comforter when we need it. And we can find hope and restoration when a situation is trying to pull us down. We can find that in him and in his word. And one of my favorite old hymns, maybe some of you remember, is On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And that is true. And that's what we want and so I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to have Andrew come up and close us. Um, but this is what I want for us as, as believers and as a church. God, would you come in the spirit of the living God, would you come and speak to our hearts, Lord, that we would long to know and hear from you. We would long to know and hear from you in our life and that you would speak to us in every situation, God, that you would, you would help us and teach us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, awesome, way to go, babe. Give a round of applause, that was awesome. That's so good. All right, y'all can go ahead and stand. We're going to wrap our time up together. If you've been with us before, you know we like to uh, end our time together singing and worshiping one more song. And so that's what we're going to do. And uh, this song, we, we've done it before. It's called Never Once. And the chorus is just this declaration, never once have we ever been alone. It's this song through scars and struggles all through the way. You just, you've always been faithful. And as um, we're thinking about what's a perfect song to end these last four weeks, not just this week, though it absolutely applies to everything Heather was just saying. We've just heard four weeks from four different people just sharing their stories and sharing their the truth of their lives that no matter what, Jesus is always with us. 
And if we could just get our minds around that, if we could stand on his word, if we could stand on the testimony of the past that, of, of how he's always been there for us, then we're, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it through and we're gonna, we're gonna thrive in the power of God. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. And so we're gonna do this song and usually we, we call people up, make it available for, for you to pray with somebody. Uh, but today we're just, gonna, we're just gonna go into this song together and declare never once, God, have we ever been alone. And I just hope that this moment can be a moment for all of us to look back on it. Maybe we don't remember all four sermons. Maybe we remember one thing from each of them or something like that. But I, I pray that through our time together the last four weeks that we could all walk away more convinced than ever before that Jesus, no matter what, you're always with me. You're always there. Even when I didn't feel you, even when I didn't see you, even when it hurt real bad, even when it felt real good, you were always there. So can we sing this song as a declaration of faith this morning? Never once have we ever been alone. Anybody want to sing that with me? Anybody? All right, I'm going to pray for us as we worship together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you that when you speak, you aim to keep the promises that you make. I thank you that we are never alone. I thank you that your word isn't just words on a page, on a book, but it is a rock for us to stand on. I ask God for every single person and situation in this room. God, would you make us a people that stand on the rock in the midst of an up and down life. Lord, I ask that we would be the people in other people's lives who, who were grounded when they're not. And they would come to us and say, I'm feeling shaky and you look like you've got it. How do you do it? And I pray that we'd be able to point people to your word. Lord, would the testimony of your promises be true in our life? Would we be walking messages, walking sermons of just that God's good. God's faithful. I don't always understand, but he's always with me. And we sing this song together, Lord, to declare that we believe that no matter what, we're never alone. And we thank you for that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.